What's up, everyone? Welcome back to Through the Smoke, a Miami Hurricanes podcast here on the 24-7 Sports Network. I'm your host, Andrew Ivins, joined, as always, by my co-host, David Lake. Clemson week, it's here. Game is, I don't know, depending on when you're listening to this, could be 48 hours away, could be 24 hours away, could be 12 hours away. All you know is this is a uh, preview podcast, the preview podcast for the Clemson game. For the third straight episode, we have a guest. This is a guy we said we would get back last time, and that is Greg Russo. So we're going to do an interview with Greg Russo, take a break, and then me and David are going to get into the X's and O's, uh, the nuts and bolts, um, the, the, break, the breakdown, and give our predictions. So uh, let's get right into it with Greg. Joined now by the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. Gregory Russo. Greg, how you doing? How is uh, NFL Combine prep going? It's going great. It's a lot of fun, and I'm really challenging myself every single day. So last time we, we talked, you, you were saying you wanted to upgrade the ride. I think you had a, a Corolla or a Camry. Had, yeah. Had, have you got that done? You got a new ride? Yeah, I got a Jeep. I went and got a Jeep, yeah. Okay, nice. Well done, well done. Any other purchases of note so far? Uh, no, nah, not yet. I mean, God willingly, like in a, in a couple months, I'll have like my real money. So I'm really waiting for that <laughs> to really get like the stuff I want. But really, I don't really need much much else because like I'm kind of a modest person. So a Jeep's cool with me, honestly. Like it has space and it's a nice car. And the roof comes off, the doors come off, so it's pretty dope. Oh, so it's like one of those like souped up Jeeps. Yeah, kind of a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, let's let's jump into it, man. We we David kind of backed you into this by saying if Miami's 3 and 0, uh you you would come back on the podcast. Yeah. Well, the Hurricanes are are 3 and 0. Are you surprised that um Miami has got off to this good of a start? Uh no, nah, I wouldn't say surprised. I'm just really proud of them and like I'm happy that they're they're having so much success on the field and prospering. But I am like just proud of how, how they're handling the success you know like nobody over there is like yeah like we're back this and that you know they're putting their head down they're working and they're ready to play Clemson but yeah I'm really happy for those guys and all their success what are your thoughts on, on how the D-line is playing uh you know obviously against Florida State all those guys were pretty much balling Jalen Phillips Nesta your boy uh Quincy Roche yeah you know how do you feel like they're playing through these first three games? And do you feel like there's still another level for them to, to attain? Yeah, I feel like they're playing great so far. And I definitely feel like there's another level that they could um, that they could really get to as the season goes on and they get more comfortable playing as a unit, uh, kind of like we did last year. And, and, yeah, yeah, I feel like Jalen, he gets a lot of pressure on the quarterback. Obviously, he's like a freaking nature. He's super athletic. So, like, he's always a threat to make a play with his length. And then Quincy is out there. He's like a seasoned vet. You could tell he's been playing for a long time. Like, I was watching the Louisville game in, like, a play that doesn't seem like a big play, but they were, I think they were going to run a screen pass, and you see him, like, just put – like, turn the brakes on and just back up and really just stop the play. Like, stuff like that, he's such a huge impact player. Even though it, it goes unseen sometimes, he makes some really great plays. And then Jade's playing out of his mind, I feel like. And I feel like he's only going to just keep on getting better because Florida State game was only his third start, you know? And he, and even in that game, he didn't get that many snaps. So, I, like, I, he's just putting it all together, and I'm so happy and so proud of him. And I feel like he's just going to keep it going and keep on getting better as the season progresses. I'm assuming, Greg, you've watched all three of these games. Um, yeah. Do you think the defensive line rotation is, like, 
not getting deeper, but it seems like they're starting to play more guys, some guys a little bit more. Is that kind of what happened last season uh, with you? Yeah, it, yeah, it really is. Like, I think I got my start week five. I got it after V Tech game. So, like, yeah, towards the middle of the season, which we're approaching, it's like you, you, the coaches really get a feel for who's going to be the guys. You know, who's going to get 40, 50, 60 snaps a game, and it's really, it's really coming together. I feel like, but I've, I've also been impressed by uh, Harrison Hunt though. He's been real nice coming off the bench. He's been, he's been real nice. You know, he's a great pass rusher, and he, he's a. He's just a he's a problem when he's in there. He's such a threat to make like make a play like whether it's in the run game, passing game, but he plays really hard. So I've been impressed by him, and I feel like, but I also feel like this year they're gonna have to do that a lot sooner. Obviously, playing Clemson, you can't really be trying to test stuff out against Clemson or anything like that. So I feel like this week we're really gonna see like how the snaps are gonna go and who's really gonna play the most and, and who's gonna uh, really get the most PT. What is it like, you know, from a player's standpoint? waiting around for one of these big primetime games. Like you, you kind of went through this last year mm-hmm. in the lead up to the Florida game, right. To open the year, uh, yeah. you know, Miami's been on a bye week So they've had, you know, a, a week, an extra week to think about this game and get ready for this game. What's that like in general from a player's perspective? Um, at least for me, it was really about just keeping my composure and not, not like peaking too soon, you know, just to have, like, a gradual buildup, like, Tuesday's this, and then Wednesday I'm getting more into it. Thursday I'm just getting – I'm, like, working on all my moves, really putting, like, the icing on the cake. And then Friday I'm just getting, like, completely mentally ready and locked in. So I feel like it's that. But I also uh, – I also can say that Clemson is – that's a bigger that's, – that's a bigger game than Florida, I feel like, you know. So that's, like – I never experienced that before. For me, Florida game was pretty nerve-wracking at first until I got in there and started playing, and I realized this is regular football. But, but it's probably for some people on the team. They're probably like, man, like they're kind of probably have like eyes, like like they're kind of like a deer caught in the headlight right now. But when they get on the field, I feel like they'll be fine. But Clemson is definitely a huge game, and there's definitely going to be some nerves at first for those dudes. But they're going to be fine. I feel like when like you guys travel and sit around in the hotel, or I should say, when you did that, I mean, mm-hmm. did the coaches do anything different? Do you feel like things that changed at all? at different points during the season, you know, last year was Manny Diaz's first real year running the show. And then yeah. I, I feel like from what I noticed, you guys started doing different things in, in pregame warmups as, as the season progressed. Like, was there anything behind the scenes in the hotel that's changed at, as Manny and some of those guys grew as coaches? Uh, I feel like when we first started the season, we were almost just kind of like just being a little bit tense, you know, it was Coach Diaz's first year. We were a new team. But then even though, like, we lost some games, like, when we went on that winning streak, I feel like we kind of just, like, relaxed and knew, like, when you're in the hotel, it's not time to be, like, mean mugging. It's, like, that's for Saturday. But when you're when it's Friday night, you're supposed to just chill out. And we, have some, we had something called Fellowship Friday. I'm not sure if we still have it with COVID and stuff. But we'd all, like, sit in the lounge, make jokes, eat ice cream, play cards, do stuff like that. And we really started embracing that towards the end of the season when we had that little win streak last year. And I feel like – I feel like – the team is more like that this year. Nobody's really that tense or anything. People are out there having fun and just playing how they play and making plays out there. Last year, I mean, to Andrew's point a little bit, last year, for whatever reason, uh, you know, the team struggled coming off bye weeks for whatever reason, yeah. just randomly. Have you heard – I mean, I'm sure you're talking to the guys, you know, still mm-hmm. that are on the team. Have you heard, like, that they know that that was a thing last year and they've tried this year to make sure that doesn't happen again. And in what ways are they 
trying to ensure that doesn't happen again this year? Uh, I feel like this I, – I feel like last year, I don't know what it was about those bye weeks. It was really weird. Like, I don't know what it was. Like, we didn't change anything we did. We didn't practice different. It was just – it was just weird after the bye weeks. We always had a bad game, but I feel like Coach Diaz—he's a great coach, so he's definitely touched on that. He's definitely had a PowerPoint like, "Yo, guys, this is what happened last year. You know, let's make sure we lock in, not take anybody, any teams for granted or whatever." But I, I feel like they're definitely going to emphasize that more this year, and I feel like they're going to come out swinging. I don't think they're going to have a slow start at all, especially with the offense that Red Lashley has and he's running, having so much success with. They're not going to start slow. I know they won't. Do you think like having Derek King? makes an impact and I'm not trying to get you to speak negatively on the previous quarterbacks or anything like that mm-hmm. but I mean from what we've gathered uh King yeah. is pretty like you know yeah, he's it, elite bro he's yeah elite. but like an alpha and I feel like he kind of keeps guys in check yeah and like you said not to talk down on anybody I mean I, I love Jaron I love Kosey but um just with King's experience and what he brings to the table like uh I can say, like, we never had a quarterback that would really just be in the locker room and be like, like, come on, y'all boys, this and that, you know, like on some Cam Newton or Jameis Winston or type-ish or whatever. But I feel like with King, like, at least the vibes I got from him while I was there, he was that leader. When we were running, he's like, come on, y'all boys. Like, we never really had that before. And with him, it's just so different. You can tell on the field. You can tell just the way he moves and just the way he's talking to his players. It's a whole different vibe. And I feel like UM has been missing that for a really long time. Even when we were good, we never had that do where it's like, yeah, like we're losing the game in the fourth quarter. Let's rally behind King. And I'm excited, like, to see that, like, um, um, happen this season when obviously there's going to be close games at some point. And I'm, I'm excited to see how, like, King responds. I know he's going to do great. And just watching him play is so much fun from, like, my perspective. And just knowing him and knowing how hard he works, he deserves everything he's getting. And I feel like he has a really good shot at winning the Heisman. Like, even though it's early, I feel like he can do it, especially if Miami keeps winning. You know how that works. Like, let's say Miami goes seven and five and King has like 4,000 yards. Like, that's different from Miami going 11 and one and King having that many yards. That's, it means everything. Those wins, you know, it's going to make everybody, all the voters be like, man, like, look at King. You feel me? But with, with those losses, it really takes a lot out of just the success of players. But I feel like King's, King's um, going to have a great year for sure. Not asking you to, to give away any state secrets, but how do you how do you think Manny and Blake are, are gonna try and prepare for for Trevor Lawrence? Obviously, he's a big challenge as well. Uh, you know the things he can do at quarterback with yeah. not only as a passer, but he can run too. Yeah, he's a threat uh, in so many ways, and I feel like I feel like they're not gonna change too much, you know, because. I feel like the way coaches look at it is they're not going to try to psych their players out. Like, we're playing Trevor Lawrence. This is Trevor Lawrence, Heisman, this and that, uh, national championship. Like, I feel like they're not going to overthink it, but they're going to be like, y'all got to be on your P's and Q's, take this dude seriously. It's a threat to beat us this way, this way. But I don't think they're going to overprepare or overstress it too much because that could really, like, get to a player's mind and make him think too much and make him get, like, just let the moment get to him, you know? Because – like, Trevor Lawrence, yeah, he's amazing. He's a great quarterback, but he bleeds just like us. He has bones, you know. He has hair just like us. You feel me? So he's a regular, he's a regular guy, but, of course, he's an extraordinary talent. And you got to go above and beyond. But I feel like you can't overthink it because at the end of the day, it's just football. It's 11 on 11. You just got to prepare the best you can. I feel like I know what your answer is going to be, but, like, what do you think the one big key to the game for Miami is? Like, I think you're going to say it's just – you know, not overthinking the moment and just, mm-hmm. you know, kind of just yeah. playing your football. I mean, is that is that the key, you think, for, I mean, your former teammates? 
Yeah, I feel like that's the key. I feel like uh, just being who they are, I mean, they're playing great. They just beat Florida State, the worst I've ever seen Florida State get beaten in my life since I've been alive. So, like, I feel like they're playing amazing right now. And I feel like they shouldn't change too much. Obviously, there's going to be some changes in scheme and game plan, but it's like the same the same way you were blocking uh, Marvin Wilson, block their D-Tapper. You know, the same way you were running around Florida State game, Louisville game, do the same thing. Same way you were you were tackling in those games, do the same thing. Don't overthink it. Don't don't get out of your comfort zone. Don't try to change up who you are as a player. And I feel like I feel like Miami right now can go toe for toe with any team in the country. So you can't. I'm I'm gonna ask you a question. You can't give me Derek King. You can't give me Brevin Jordan. And you can't give me Cameron Harris. Who on offense do you think has a chance to step up in this Clemson game outside of those three? Outside of King, Brevin, and uh, Cam. Yeah. I'd either say. I'd either say Will Mallory because I feel like he's really slept on, and but he's but he's really he's really up there like he's he's so talented. But I mean, he, obviously he is playing with Brevin. You know he's splitting yeah. catches with the, one of the best tight ends in the country, if not the best tight end in the country. But I'd say either Will or Wiggs, Wiggins, Will okay. or Wiggins. I feel like on offense. Okay, I I got a follow up to that, and uh-huh. uh, again I know you've watched these games. You know, Miami's only turned the ball over a few times, and, and those have come from Mark Pope muff punts. Um, Manny hasn't said who if he's going to make a change at punt returner or whatnot. Mm-hmm. But I mean, you've been on the sidelines, you've been in that locker room. Like, do you think there are guys that don't believe in, in Mark Pope, or they want to see this coaching staff trust Mark Pope? Like, if you were playing Clemson this week, would you care who's returning punts or? Or, or would that make a difference at all? I don't, I don't know if I'm really forming this question well. No, I see what you mean. I see what you mean. I feel like, and yeah, there's a balance between, like, you can't mess up too much or you'll lose the team's trust. But I feel like Pope could do it. But, like, I played with Pope since I was in 10th grade. I know the talent he is. And I, actually, I forgot about Pope. Pope, Pope could be primed to have, to have a breakout game anytime this year because he's that type of dude. I played seven on seven with him and Wiggins and Gervin Hall. But, yeah, we're all on the same team. I know what Pope could do, and I feel like he's just waiting for that breakthrough, that moment, you know, for him to ha- just have his time and just go stupid out there. And I feel like it's coming real soon. And I feel like, yeah, like you said, a, a lot of times somebody might be dropping past or whatever, but somebody you just got to rally around him. And I feel like Pope's more than capable. They just got to have confidence in him, believe in him, and, and just know that he's going to get right out there. And once the, once the team believes in you, it makes such a difference as a player. To know that, like, no matter you mess up, I mean, whether if you, like, you mess up or whatever, you have the whole team behind you, the whole staff behind you, I feel like it does a lot psychologically for a player. And I feel like Pope – I feel like it should leave him at kick returner or a putt returner. And I feel like he'll he'll be just fine, honestly. Oh, that was my – that was one – like, I feel like he's his his hardest critic. Like, that's always the vibe I've gotten from from Noodles. That is how he is. Yeah, that is how he is. I mean, because, like – he works so hard and he has a talent, but sometimes things just don't go his way. But I feel like, like I said, I feel like he's just waiting for that moment. He's going to he's gonna, he's gonna break through eventually. And he has the quarterback and the offense around him to do it. And he's had those plays on the sideline where it'll be like this one tackle and it'll be like, or just make a move and don't get pushed out of bounds. But he's like this close, you know? So I feel like he's just waiting on his moment. It's coming real soon. Okay, a couple more that won't get you out of here, Greg, but – Give me your guy on defense. You can pick anyone on defense. Who are you looking for to, to have a big game on defense? On defense? Not even because he's my best friend. I'm going to have to go with Jay 100%. <laughs> I'm going to have to. I feel like he's been waiting for this moment. He's been playing great. Louisville played great. UAB, Florida State. I feel like he's primed to just, to just go off and have a good game. 
you know, and I feel like he's just the the way he he takes the way he takes the game, like how how much more seriously he's gotten with the game. You know, he, he's really honing in on his craft, and you can tell. I'm not there, but I talk to him all the time, so I know he's a he's he's really changed from last year, gotten a lot more serious, and he's really critiquing himself hard because he's trying to be like the best he can be. And I feel like that's all going to uh, come out Saturday. I feel like he's going to have a huge game and ball out. He's always been this dude. Like he's always been a very athletic guy yeah. uh, with his running ability. But how impressed were you with, with his closing speed on that play? The, yeah. Where, you know, where Jalen kind of picked. Yeah, yeah. How yeah. impressed were you with yeah. that, that closing speed he showed? Yeah. It, and, yeah, that was an amazing play, honestly. The way – like he just – that burst, it looked like he was like a DN or a linebacker out there. So, I mean, I've, I've known Jade had that in him the whole entire time, obviously going to school with him. But, yeah, I just feel like he's, ha- he's had more of an opportunity to, uh, to show it this year with him starting and him being more of a seasoned vet and just knowing, knowing how to do the little things. I feel like he's going to keep on prospering. But, yeah, I'm, I'm really excited to watch him, and I'm really impressed with the way he's played this season. I feel like he's turning a lot of heads, even though a lot of times the credit is going to go to the DN because DNs are a little bit more flashy. To the inside, but I feel like he's he's playing just as good as them, and he's just he's just gonna keep on getting better throughout the season. I want to you want to get it, you want to get him out of here, but I I want his score prediction. I want to I, I want Greg Russo's score, score prediction. prediction for the game. I feel like I feel like Miami's gonna win 31-27, and I feel like Clemson's gonna have the ball late, but I feel like the D line's gonna come up big, and they're gonna we're gonna get a stop like uh, late in the fourth quarter to steal the game, I feel like. And I feel like we're definitely going to put up points. If not 31, I feel like it's going to be more because that offense could go for how sure. Many, how many times does the turnover chain come out? Uh, I'm going to say two. I'm going to okay. say two times. Yeah, I know Clemson takes care of the ball. I've watched them yeah, play. So yeah. They're not yeah. going to – you feel me? They're not going to really throw interceptions. I mean, they might fumble here. They have a couple of miscues. But we're going to have – a lot of teams, they'll give you a turnover opportunity. I feel like Miami's going to have to force the turnover, you know? Trevor Lawrence isn't going to throw it in your lap or anything, or ET is not going to drop the ball in the handoff. We're going to have to strip the ball or, or make a break make a break on the ball, you know, make some plays out there on defense. I think uh, I think they're going to do it for sure. Bubba's also playing out of his mind. Like, it's so fun watching the play. It's, it's amazing. It's amazing, honestly. It's crazy. Well, last one for me, Greg, current size, because I okay. know I, I see I see your your Snapchats, like you're, you're t- and these monster smoothies every day. How big are you now? Yeah. yeah. Oh, right now, 267, 267. All right. Yeah. All right. Well, hey, man, we know you'll be watching on, on Saturday night. We appreciate it, and uh, hopefully we'll, we'll talk to you at some point down the line. For sure. Anytime. I'm always open, I'm always open for interviews. I love them. Thanks for y'all's time. <laughs> Thanks, Greg. All right. All right we'll talk to you later. Fun. All right. Peace. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. 
Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All right, David. That was good stuff from Greg Russo. Yeah. When, I, when I texted him, he was like, I know you're asking me to do the podcast. And he's like, I have no, I have no issue. I said I would. I'm like, okay, <laughs> good. He's a man of his word. And yeah, that was fun. Uh, you know, he... If you think about it, like when we had him on in the preseason, pretty much everything he said came to fruition with, you know, he highlighted Jalen Knighton being the freshman. He highlighted Cam Williams, your guy. Uh, Harrison Hunt. Harrison Hunt. He's been spot on. Obviously, he should be. I mean, he was, he was on the team. And, uh, you know, we'll see if he's also spot on with that Clemson prediction. We'll, we'll see. Okay. So we are taping this Thursday afternoon. It, I'm hoping to post this Thursday night. Just give me where, where are you on this game right now? Like, are you, I, I mean, me and you, I think are both going to pick Clemson to win, but like, what are your Boiler thoughts? Alert. I mean, <laughs> you said that, I think, did you say that on record when uh, maybe, maybe not? No, that was off record, bro. No. Okay. But yeah, no, it's a big game, man. Big game vibes. Um, it definitely, I keep saying this every podcast this week, it feels different. Like Miami has had big games uh, recently, you know, the most obvious one, probably that Notre Dame game back in 2017, right? Yeah, but this one feels different than that. I'll say this. I think it's a big game, right? And this might sound crazy, but I feel better about this game than I did going into the Notre Dame game of 2017. Uh, which which is interesting because Miami ended up winning that game handily, uh, comfortably. But, you know, Notre Dame going into that game was ranked third in the country. They were kind of rolling. They could run the ball whenever they wanted to. Uh, had one of the best offensive lines in the country that year. And I thought Miami was going to struggle with containing that run game. They didn't. And, you know, I had concerns about Malik Rozier as the quarterback. He had some up and downs going into that game. You know, going into that game, there's more ups than downs, but we still saw the downs uh, of Malik Rozier at that point. So, you know, compared to how I feel about this team, and again, this is all centered around De'Ara King, right? I am a big believer in De'Ara King. I think he's a stud college quarterback. Um, And so, yeah, I think when you have a stud college quarterback, and a good defense. I'm not sure this defense is as good as the recent defenses of the recent years that Miami's put on the field, but it's still a good defense. And so when you have a great quarterback and a good defense, you have a chance to win any game you play in. And so I do think that's the case this week going into this Clemson game. Um, I think more and more people are backing Miami. I think I, I just read something that like really 80% of the money's on Miami plus 14 right now, uh, according okay. to Vegas insider, but, uh, it's a smart bet. Yeah. 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 So here's where I'm at. Like, I think like Miami has a chance and you, right. you brought up Derek King and I, you know, Greg brought this up too, after we were done recording, like, you know, we haven't. There hasn't been a moment yet where King has had to not like bail Miami out or, or 
but he hasn't had to like be the guy that um you know wins the game and i think this could be uh right. the game for him and you know there's been uh, plenty of stat guys that have pointed out that miami consistently yeah is faces third third and longs and has to rely on dr king well i mean you know if you have a quarterback that can get you out of that is that really that right. much of a disadvantage I, I don't know i just you know i, I think miami has a chance because of dr king so i'm in the, i'm in the same boat as you i guess yeah i mean dr king i think people are finally starting to catch on that dr king is a legitimate passer i still think he still needs to prove some people in that regard but you know we've we've watched every snap he's taken this season it's pretty clear that he is a very good passer at the college level he's getting it done and you know to your point you know i think one of the reasons why he might be even better at miami compared to houston is because the entire offense isn't on his back he doesn't have to carry the entire offense if you look at his houston uh teammates uh or the guys he played with at Houston, he really had zero running game that, that he could lean on. Um, and so at Miami, he's got Cameron Harris, Jalen Knighton, Don Chaney. That helps open things up in the passing game. And I think, too, it's fair to say this Miami offensive line overall as a line is better than what he had at Houston. Um, so that's helping Derek be a better player at Miami than we saw at Houston. Now, is he going to need to put the team on his back to beat Clemson? Yeah, I think he probably is. He's going to have to be that type of guy this week, and we'll see if he can do it. Tell me this. Do you still feel good about the over? Um, like, let's say it's, what, 64, maybe 63. It's in that range right now. Um, do you still think that's going to hit? Because I'm still seeing a lot of under predictions. Well, to be honest, no, because <laughs> uh, I started going through Clemson's uh, results from the past five years, and like, man, they do not get in a ton of high-scoring games. Um, yeah, it, normally they do a good job of of bottling up their opponents. I still lean the over. Um, yes, but you know, I, this kind of segues right into what are the keys or the keys to the game for Miami? So like my, my big key and I've touched on this all week is like if Miami scores 30 points, they got a chance, right? Yeah. Last season Clemson allowed one team to score 30 points. That was LSU who scored 42 and uh, the college football playoff South Carolina got to 35 in 2018. Um, they lost NC state got to 38 in 2017. Uh, that was a loss. Um, but that's, that was 21 conference games ago for Clemson. That's the last time someone scored 30 points. Uh, Pitt scored 43 in 2016. That's the last time Clemson lost at home. Uh, but kind of a key note here is the last time Clemson's given up 40 points, it's been in losses, um, and which this obviously sounds pretty, you know, if you're giving up that much many points, probably going to lose. But uh, I found that interesting. Um, again, like I think Miami can get to 30, but you know, that's, that's like the key to me, the key, excuse me, for me get to 30 and then somehow find a way to win that turnover battle by picking off Trevor Lawrence. Um, if you can do that, then I think Miami will have a legitimate chance, you know, come third or fourth quarter. 
Yeah, and to your point in terms of scoring 30 points and picking the over in terms of gambling, I honestly, like my eyes are currently telling me both Miami's defense and Clemson's defense aren't at the same level that we've come accustomed to from both those teams over the past three years, let's say. Now, I, I still think they're good defenses, and maybe Clemson's defense takes a big step this week against Miami and flexes, right? That could certainly happen. Um, but I do think both these defenses are slightly down a little bit compared to recent years. And so, yeah, I think this game could be played in the 30s. So I'm with you. In terms of my big key, it's, it's along similar lines. Um, but I am interested in who can win the explosive touchdown battle and I think if Miami can score some touchdowns from outside the red zone which is a tough ask against Clemson uh you know that's going to be a very good sign I will say this Clemson like coming into this game Miami has scored five touchdowns from outside the red zone whereas Clemson has scored three and two of those touchdowns came against Citadel so what does that tell you basically Clemson is not as explosive on the outside as they've been in recent years. And, you know, I think, I think you could argue one of the key battles to watch in this game is, for both teams is that battle on the outside. And I don't necessarily think it's something both teams are going to go to very much during the game. But when Miami takes a shot, a deep shot, who wins? Who's going to win those shots? Is is Miami's receivers going to make a play, or is or is the Clemson cornerback going to hold its own? And then when Clemson has the ball, is Clem, you know are some of those young outside receivers they have that are certainly talented but haven't quite done it yet? Are they going to step up in in this game and have that breakout performance uh, against Miami's corners, or are Miami's corners going to step up? and hold their own against these Clemson receivers. So, again, I don't think either team is necessarily going to take a ton of deep shots, but when those deep shots are taken, which team does win them? Um, I think that's going to be an interesting battle because, honestly, I think there's questions. It's weird. Like, I think Miami's receivers, there's questions there. I think Clemson's receivers, there's questions there. You could say the same about Miami's corners and Clemson's corners. And honestly, Clemson's safeties, I, I'm not in love with either. Um, so, you know, I think this game is going to be played in the middle of the field with Travis Etienne and Brevin Jordan, Cam Harris, you know, both quarterbacks with the ability to run the ball. But I want to know which team is able to separate from the other in terms of getting those explosive plays outside the numbers. So that kind of leads us to player who has to step up for Miami on, uh, on Saturday. And you mentioned this game being played in the middle of the field. Um, and for me, like, I think if Miami wins, then Gilbert Frierson and Keontra Smith are going to have to play excellent, excellent games. I think there's going to be times when they will need to cover out of the slot. I think there are times when they're going to have to make tackles in the alley. Um, and I just think a lot of it's going to come to those down to the, how those guys play. Um, yes. You know, can they, can they, 
um, limit those big games that gains, excuse me, that, that you're talking about, you know, yeah. I can't go back to the Florida game last year. What, who was it? Kadarius Tony, who, uh, broke right. a tackle kind of out in the flats and then raced, raced away. Like Miami has to keep stuff in front of them and those guys got to clean up and make tackles. So, um, yes. What, what about you? Who, who, who do you think? Need- and, and, and to your point, Travis Etienne, they are using him like the Saints are using Alvin Kamara this year. He is averaging a ridiculous 21 yards after catch. Um, so you might want to get that guy on the ground when he gets the ball because 21 yards after catch, nobody does that. Um, so he's having a phenomenal year catching the ball this year, being used as a, as a receiver. And, and we, should, Mike, we should point out, like, I mean, I don't know how – Blake Baker and, and Manny Diaz are going to draw this one up. Maybe it's some Takori Couch on him. Maybe it's uh, you know Zach Zach McLeod. I just have a hunch and a feeling like it's going to come down to Gilbert and uh, uh, Keontra. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I think that's a, a very good point. My guy that I need to see step up is I I think if Miami has a chance to win, they got to dominate the edge defensively so pick one of those guys Quincy Roche or Jalen Phillips I'll pick Jalen Phillips just because I think the ceiling athletically is higher with Jalen um you know we we saw him against Florida State I think starting to come on strong like he was on his way to having a dominant performance against Florida State then he kicked the helmet and got kicked out of the game so he didn't kick the helmet okay let's let's pump the brakes there (laughs) I told I told you he he messaged me about that, right? Oh no, you didn't. <laughs> what did he do? I don't even know. Honestly, I didn't see it. So everyone was saying he kicked the helmet. So what is the word? There? Okay, well, I mean, just uh, I guess put the listeners in our shoes. Like during the game, you know, we kind of like pawn off stories to write as, as stuff happens. So I got the Jalen Phillips ejection one because you know people are going to Google what happened. So I was writing it and on the broadcast. You know who was called? It was Chris Fowler calling yeah. that game. Yeah, he was. Yes, he's made it. He's like, oh, he kicked him. So I wrote, yeah. The ESPN broadcast says that Jalen Phillips kicked, you know, the Florida State player in the head. Well, the next morning, Jalen Phillips is in my like inbox, like, hey, I didn't kick that guy in the head. You need to change this story. I'm like, okay, like I don't really know what happened. And he says he kind of ran into him or or whatnot. I mean, I haven't reviewed the tape. I just I just thought it was funny. He was out there trying to protect protect the brand. A little bit. Okay. Well, fair, you know, if it's not true. But, yeah, I mean, we were we were told he would kick the helmet. But maybe the helmet was off the player. I don't know. Yeah. I didn't see it. Like, I'm, you know, during the course of the game, I'm up there writing. So, I don't really see a lot of the stuff that happens in between the plays, to be honest. Um, but, you know, one of the nerdy recruiting storylines, I think, in this game is that it features two number one, you know, former number one overall players in the country and Trevor Lawrence, obviously Clemson quarterback and Miami's Jalen Phillips uh, defensive end. So Jalen, you know, Miami needs Jalen to, to step up this week and, you know, put a bunch of pressure on Trevor Lawrence, make him uncomfortable. Has, has that been written? I was planning to, to be honest. Okay, that's a, on, that's- Friday or Saturday. That, that's a that is a nerdy, uh, yeah, good, good <laughs> angle. Um, that's what I'm here for. Yeah, no, I get. I, I think I know who your pick's going to be, but potential star of the game for Miami, breakout player of the game for Miami. Who who would that be? 
Well, I'm going to go, honestly, I, I'm going to go with Bubba Bolden. Um, similar to your line of thinking with the strikers, I think this game's going to be played in the middle of the field. Um, so obviously Bubba's done a great job of cleaning things up on the back end, whether that's tackling in space or getting deflections or interceptions. You know, I think it's a game where he can show his range, uh, help defend the pass, and and also get Travis Etienne and Clemson's good slot receiver Amari Rogers on the ground as soon as possible. And and also too, I think Bubba is on a a very nice trajectory right now this season. He seems to be getting better and better and better with each game. So I wouldn't be surprised if he, if he continues uh, to improve and get better in this Clemson game. For me, Derek King, man. Um, yeah, I you know take that low hanging fruit. Let's go. It's low hanging, but uh, I mean, you know, he he said it during his Zoom, his Zoom uh, call. Like you come to Miami to play in these games, and yeah, I think it's true. Like if Miami's gonna win, it's it's gonna it's gonna come down to him, um, and you know, I could see him potentially scoring with his arm and legs, uh, but more importantly, taking care of the ball. And, I, I, you know, we keep stressing the turnover battle, but he hasn't coughed one up yet or tossed a bad one. Uh, well, there's been some balls that maybe should have been picked off, but he's been very clean and efficient, knock on wood, and, you know, it's, it's going to have to be him. Um, I think Brevin Jordan, too, is also in store for what could yes. be a very big game. Uh, yes. But, you know. It's all- they need Brevin to step up for sure. They need him to be a dynamic tight end. I'm curious, you know, to your point with Derek King, I'm curious about what game plan Brent Venables comes with. Um, you know, is he going to drop back? Cause that's what they did against Virginia. You know, was it super successful? I don't know. And typically Brent Venables is aggressive with, with dialing up some blitzes. Um, is he going to do that against Derek King? You know, because that can be dangerous because Derek King can beat those blitzes with his legs and then he's off to the races for, you know, a 30-yard gain. Uh, and, and honestly, the answer probably is that Brent Venables will do a mix of both. So it'll be an interesting chess match to watch. Let's, uh, let's talk sportsline.com, uh, their predictions. They got my, or excuse me, they got Clemson, the computers got Clemson winning 37-17. to 17. Um, I, I don't think that's surprising that the computers are, are, sure. are picking the favorite. I mean, number one team in the country. Uh, but there, right. there are some some player projections, and I'm just going to toss out these numbers, and I want you to tell me over or under Travis Etienne over under 86 yards rushing. Yeah, I mean, it hurts me to say this, but I think over. He's just too good, man. I mean. And look, I referenced the Notre Dame game. Miami's defense certainly came out and dominated the rushing attack of the Irish that day. The problem is Clemson also features a dynamic quarterback in Trevor Lawrence, um, which makes things hard defending both. Honestly, I'm going to take the over on Travis Etienne at 86 yards. Okay, Trevor Lawrence over under two and a half touchdown passes. They have him projected at like 2.25. Um, I will go under just because 
I think Miami's going to make Trevor Lawrence and that offense work. And so I think they're going to get in the red zone a lot. And so I don't know if they're necessarily going to throw for a lot of touchdowns when they get into the red zone. I think they're going to turn to the run game, whether that's Etienne or Trevor Lawrence, you know, trying to get them to run into the end zone. Brevin Jordan over under 39 receiving yards. This seems pretty low. That's an easy over. That's like easy over. I mean, I, I think in bank. an actual sports book player prop, that's going to be close to 60 yards. But yeah, I mean, if you see 39, yeah. put like the mortgage on it. Um, <laughs> Derek King over under nine rushing attempts. They haven't projected like nine attempts for 35 yards. I'm going to go over just because, you know, like I alluded to earlier, I think this is the type of game where he's got to put the team on his back, right? So, you know, Brennan Armstrong, the Virginia quarterback last week, I think he ran 22 times, 23 times. Um, I don't think De'Ara King's going to run that much, but I think he'll be like in the double digits, like 10, 11, 12. I wouldn't be yeah, surprised. I, I guess my, my follow-up is, you know, I or do you think this will be a game where you know he has to run? And obviously, you said, Yeah, I, I just wonder how many design yeah. runs there are. I, I think you gotta, you gotta do a lot of that. I think you gotta throw the kitchen sink at Clemson. And, and honestly, Miami, I, I think they've held him back a little bit as a runner, especially these last two weeks. And so now I think you know, Rhett Lashley's had a, a an extra week to design up some plays. I think you gotta, you gotta make Derek King a threat as a runner against this Clemson defense too. You gotta show that. So I think there'll be quite a few design runs. Okay. Time for our predictions. I, I already teased it away that we were both, both picking Clemson. <laughs> I'll go first because maybe you are going to change your mind and you got something else cooked up. So <laughs> my, my prediction, uh, I'm going Clemson 38, Miami 30. That's what I think. I think, you know, it could be a one possession game. Um, you know, this is the over, but I, I, I think Miami covers. I mean, I could be completely wrong. Miami could come out and they could lay an egg. I just think that, uh, you know, Manny, Manny might be ready for this one. And I, I think, uh, yeah. I think Rhett Lashley, like you said, will have some wrinkles and, the difference is Derek King. Like, you know, if it was anyone else under quarterback, I don't think this would be close at all. Right. Um, Agreed. You know, if it was Jaron Williams, Nikosi Perry, I, 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 I'm not even sure Miami scores 20 points. So, right. um, but I, I do have some, some faith in them being able to move the ball and, and this, this be, this being a dogfight and it, Anna Hickey keeps writing it. We had her on the last podcast, you know, we're still learning a lot about both teams. Right. Um, you know, uh, you know right which is true i mean and, and honestly brent venables has come out and said that this week he said he he has he still doesn't know what the identity of clemson's defense is this year which i i found very interesting that he would admit that um so yeah my prediction i'm 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 pretty much along similar lines as you I, i'm going clemson 38 miami 31 Ooh. so <laughs> I got you by one point, I guess. Um, yeah, I mean, everything you said is kind of how I feel. I, I do think Miami has a puncher's chance to win this game if it is tight in the fourth quarter, which I think it will be. Um, it's just, it's hard to bet against Trevor Lawrence. No. 
I mean, um, the numbers tell you, you know. Clemson should win. Yes. So, and, and look, honestly, if the game is within 10 points, I know no one wants to hear about moral victories or any of that garbage, but that is a good sign, I think, for Miami. Do you agree with no, that? No, for sure. Absolutely. So, you know, the hope would be if you keep it within 10, all right, dust yourself off, keep improving as the season progresses, and try and get that rematch against Clemson in December and, and see how the chips fall then. Do you think there's any way this becomes like a way lower scoring game? Um, yeah. I think if it's, you know, if the weather's bad, for sure, that could happen. Okay. I'm, I, you know, you brought it up to Anna, and I was thinking about it, like which team does it, does it help? The only thing I would say about that is, you know, in bad weather, the bigger quarterback has an advantage with the hand size, right? Because they'll be able to handle, theoretically, a, a wet ball better than a smaller quarterback. So could that be a storyline if, if the game is really, really, really rainy? You know, it might be. I don't know. Um, but, yeah, I think if the weather – if it's really rainy – then yeah, that's that score total is going to come down. If it's just like a drizzle, I don't think it'll matter to be honest. All right, what do you have on deck for um, yeah the next two days? We're going to do keys of the game. Um, you know, we're going to do the the matchup breakdowns. Kind of kind of take a closer look at that. You know, I, I know Gabby's gonna gonna have some interesting content. I think in terms of aggregating the national predictions from the various talking heads of college football. And I think he's working on trying to, to get predictions from recruits as well on the game. So, you know, a lot of interesting stuff going to be on the website between now and kickoff. Uh, you know, we appreciate anyone who stops by on the website, gives us some clicks and also appreciate all you guys listening. Five-star reviews, much appreciated, you know, participate in the dime life. Pick them challenge. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm getting roasted in that, but uh, comeback is coming. So, anyways, thank you guys for, for all the listens and uh, we'll keep it rolling. Yeah. Uh, stay tuned for Post Clemson Podcast uh, probably Sunday. Take care, guys. Yeah.